0: Here's the thing about growth. We change our identity when we learn something new. It shapes our worldview, but most fundamentally, it shapes our view of ourselves. Learning doesn't have as fundamental an impact on our identity, because we don't see ourselves as our work. That's a problem. I think it's terribly important to insist on individual values. Learning initiative, creation, all these things which we value. It's now possible to make organizations on a larger scale than was ever possible before. Learning Culture Podcasts. Teach people to analyze the kind of things that are said to them. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. This is a show about creating cultures of continuous learning at companies. I'm your host, Andrew Barry, and this week we have a special episode. Today, I want to share with you an article that I wrote from a review that I did of my first quarter in 2023. So I spent the, the first quarter doing a lot of journaling, it's some new practice that I have taken a lot more seriously this year. And at the end of the quarter, I go away and lock myself in, this case it was a farm, for 48 hours, and I review all of my notes from the previous quarter, and I write a synthesis, basically, of that. What came out of this particular one was identifying five main themes or sort of pathways that I find I am walking, and I will constantly walk for the rest of my life. And I think you'll find them valuable. Well, I hope you do, because and I think maybe some of them you you'll find valuable maybe others you won't but these five were really essential and will continue to be essential for me to continue to walk this path and then in the second part of the of the episode i talk about how i applied the lessons that i've learned from walking those five pathways to my business and i share a little bit about our point of view our purpose our vision and a little bit about our strategy too so if you're interested in kind of how we are building this revenue enablement as a service thing you're really going to enjoy this episode if you want to read this article it's up on our blog go to curiouslionlearning.com forward slash critical path and you can check out the full piece of what you're going to hear next as well as some really cool ai generated images and a lot of other good stuff right With that, it is time for you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with me. There are few things more satisfying than a sense of purpose in life. This past quarter, my vision came much closer into focus. And in this episode, I'm going to share more about that vision and in doing so provide a practical blueprint to help you discover your own purpose more clearly. To achieve this, I want to discuss five themes that have become essential for me to stay on course. They are forgiveness leading to self awareness, challenges leading to growth, vulnerability leading to emotional fluidity, health leading to wellness, and relationships leading to connection. Consider each of these as a personal journey. Although you never reach the destination, Following each path helps you integrate your experiences and transform into a better version of yourself. Without the lessons in each of these five journeys, I wouldn't have achieved the level of clarity and I feel about my vision. So let's first examine each path before I share that vision and the strategy of Curious Line. I've written these as reminders for myself, so feel free to explore them and find out if they resonate for you. All right, so these are the five personal journeys we never complete. Forgiveness leads to self-awareness. Throughout my life, I believe forgiveness was about others. While it ultimately becomes about others, it begins with forgiving yourself. Forgive the innocent child of your past who had just the right experiences to shape who you are today and who did nothing less than their best. Forgive and protect that child as the source of your greatest truth in essence the wellspring of your unique creativity you use to express yourself. Once you learn how to forgive that child and appreciate them for who they are, you can begin to do this with others. Some key realizations in this journey may include being curious without needing an answer leads to wonder. Stop trying to please everyone or you please no one. The things you dislike in others are actually the things you dislike in yourself. We all have an agenda and judge ourselves and others automatically. A scarcity mindset of always keeping score isn't helpful. Trust the process and the universe provides and clinging to or wanting something to happen often gets in our way. So next up, personal challenges lead to growth. I dealt with some health issues recently. Nothing major, but I'm 40 and if I ignore them, my body and mind will deteriorate. So I took action and quickly learned that action is hard. It requires sacrifice and presents its own challenges. But through a combination of exercise, nutrition, and sleep, I've never really felt healthier. I've grown mentally, physically, and even spiritually since embracing challenges as opportunities for improvement. In this path, some key realizations may include tracking metrics is not useful until you've ignited the motivation for change. Then metrics become useful for measuring progress. Motivation must stem from something deeper, a vision of what change is possible and the belief that you can take the necessary steps. Expect pain and suffering and you won't feel them. You'll be grateful for the burst of creativity that got you to your trough and you'll ebb and flow back to a new burst of creativity you're excited for. To reach the next level in business or life, you need courage, a mindset for fearlessness in the face of uncertainty and adversity, doses of confidence and audacity, grit to dig deep enough, and the willingness to endure pain and find calm within it. And finally, to discover your passion, you must try many things, get feedback, and narrow your focus over time. Growth, however, requires a very different skill set. To grow to the next level, you must let go follow your curiosity beyond what you think is possible, step out of your comfort zone and learn how to bounce back from setbacks while putting your learning into practice. Next up, vulnerability leads to emotional fluidity. Being vulnerable enough to truly feel your emotions is, contrary to popular belief, the source of your greatest power. By understanding and fully exploring your transient emotions, You can create the space to be your authentic self and rise above them. Stop silencing your feelings and listen to them more. Likewise, stop listening to your thoughts and engage with them more. Some key realizations on this path include speaking your truth from a place of vulnerability feels great and helps you connect with your own innocence. We can be quick to jump to extreme conclusions when ruled by our emotions and thoughts. The trick is to balance them, sleep on it, Don't always act with haste. Connect with how emotions feel in your body and you'll learn to be with others' feelings without letting them overwhelm you. Baby boomers often struggle with empathy. They never learned how to handle emotions. They were never allowed to feel, but that's okay. And finally, responding to adversity with equanimity leads to far better outcomes than reacting from a place of fear, hurt, or anger. All right, number four out of five, health leads to wellness. As you age, your body's signals become clearer, reminding you of your own mortality. But this is not a cause for despair. You're not late for anything. You've heard the signal. Rejoice in the fact that you can now do something about it. Healthy living is the foundation, which means focusing on nutrition, exercise, sleep, and managing stress. Four factors that make me a better person that all stem from healthy living are mood, energy mental focus, and mind-body connection. And finally, strong relationships lead to connection. It's easy to say, I don't have time. You are guilty of this, particularly when it comes to maintaining relationships with others. However, when you prioritize relationships and genuinely share love with others, you are always rewarded with kindness and well-being. Some key realizations on this final path may include your closest family and friends have always accepted you for who you are and yet sometimes you fail to do the same for yourself or worse, for them. Time goes by quickly. Don't let relationships with friends fall off the radar. Tough conversations with loved ones often go better than expected, demonstrating the value of vulnerability and honesty. When communicating with your loved ones, speak from the heart because their minds are already full of ideas, projects, plans. They'll be more receptive to thoughts from the heart. Assume everyone you meet is trying to make the world a better place, and their actions contribute to your vision of a good world. Root for their better angels. Be firm, but friendly. People will respect you more and want to be a bigger part of your world. Everything is connected, so go forth and create, trusting that if what you create is the truth it will be well received and finally true love is the impulse to uphold the light in others so you can even love relative strangers right now that we have a shared understanding of these five essential paths to keep walking i want to show you how i'm applying this to my business we're going to break this part up into two sections leadership and team development i'm going to talk about how i think about my leadership style and developing a team and business strategy and growth. And in that section, I'm going to talk about how clarifying our vision and purpose and what that currently is for Curious Lion. All right, so let's start with leadership and team development. My superpower is the ability to relate to people and make them feel included, combined with the ability to see patterns and the potential to combine people's unique talents for a greater purpose. I'm an organizer a director, a producer, an impresario. That's what I'm good at, and doing anything other than this for my work is not a good use of my time. I've come to this realization about my future by looking deep into my past. I was always good at organizing plays in the backyards of our friends' parents' houses in Fishhook, South Africa. I get that from my dad. I was always good at acting the fool and having fun so others laugh and loosen up around me. I get that from my mom. I admire craft. I can spend hours asking you about what you do if I find it interesting. As a result, I can quickly identify talent. I'm also good at world building and learning new things. I'm pretty decent at writing. The sum total of this is that my leadership style is best categorized as inclusive leadership. I've since learned that inclusive leadership inspires loyalty and loyalty unlocks massive leverage. So what does this mean for how I develop teams at Curious Line? And this is related specifically to my team. I don't expect my team to work eight hours a day or 40 hours a week or whatever it is now. I expect them to produce their most creative work in whatever burst of energy they choose and for them to agree with me beforehand on what a valuable body of creative work for a given period of time would be. To get good at this, we need to be really good at identifying the things to measure so that we can measure our progress precisely and plan our approach for growth. Finally, I know my work is never done. You can only take people as far as you've been, so I keep pushing to be the best I can be. Now let's turn our attention to the final section on business strategy and growth. And so this is me applying my realizations about my leadership style and my approach to building a team to building the business and the business model of Curious Line. So the ultimate purpose of my work is to leave everyone I've touched with the belief they can be better or improve their life by learning. To leave them aware of their own potential and feeling empowered to pursue it. To feel ownership of their choices and confidence in their ability to change. I want to do that by bringing people together in a safe, trusting community to heal, to learn from each other, to realize the beauty of their purpose in life and see how similar it is to others when expressed through values. I want everyone I've touched to experience the warmth of belonging and to know that their voice matters, giving them confidence to contribute. We can create such a community at work if we understand a few things about how personal growth at work Works. Here's the thing about growth. We change our identity when we learn something new. It shapes our worldview, but most fundamentally, it shapes our view of ourselves. Learning how to play tennis causes you to identify as a tennis player. Learning how to cook makes you the de facto family chef. At work, learning doesn't have as fundamental an impact on our identity because we don't see ourselves as our work. That's a problem. To help people transform through learning at work, we must help them transform in their lives. We work with sales teams at Curious line. so let me use that as an example. What we currently teach sellers is how to stick to call scripts, how to handle objections by memorizing them, how to apply rubrics to qualify leads. What we should be teaching sellers is how to tell stories, how to be resilient in the face of change how to solve complex, open-ended problems. This can result in them seeing themselves differently as a storyteller, anti-fragile, creative. These identity shifts and the skills that come with them can be applied in almost any aspect of life and they also help sellers sell more. It works at work. Listen, we think about learning at work all wrong. We see them as separate things. We force people into having split identities when what we should be doing is integrating them. We should see work as an avenue for authentic self-expression. So how then do we help people grow at work? Personal growth requires connecting with present reality, acknowledging dissatisfaction with that reality, envisioning a preferred future, and understanding the initial steps toward that future. This combined force must outweigh the resistance to change. Ludwig von Mises explored the application of this concept in his book Human Action. David Glyker formulated the change equation in the early 1960s, and Kathy Dannemiller refined it in the 1980s. The problem with this change equation, though, is that you can't start this process without stopping first. You can't connect properly to your present reality without pausing to reflect. Numerous distractions prevent us from doing this, some of which we willingly invite into our lives. We must teach people about distractions and emphasize the importance of presence and focus. Even if only during brief moments of reflection on a video, a podcast, or a client conversation to write down what we can learn from it. Without time to reflect, connect with our thoughts and body, and process what's going on, there is no growth. Next, we must empower our teams by relinquishing control. They are responsible for their own growth, and learning cannot be forced. Focus on boosting motivation instead. The best way to do this is to one, establish a validated and shared vision of a more desirable future, two, outline a clear and measurable path to achieve that future, three, make the first step clear, four, reduce resistance by eliminating the fear of taking action, and five, showcase noteworthy early wins or make good first impressions. But you can't stop there. This is not enough for learning in a team, let alone an entire organization to take place successfully. Learning is part of an ecosystem. You must address organizational learning as a system or no independent learning intervention will ever realize its desired effect. The best way to do this is to look at the people in the system and how they're treated, the organizational design to understand the implicit rules of the game, the vision to understand if people feel committed to it and it provides clear direction, the values to understand what governs interactions between people, the leaders to understand what kind of behavior is modeled, each individual's approach to personal mastery to understand the collective attitude toward curiosity and personal development, the team approach to learning to understand how knowledge is shared and how people mentor and coach each other, the approach to knowledge management to understand how the fruits of team learning are captured, stored, and made easily accessible for others to benefit from. Finally, we must incorporate a culture of coaching as the reinforcing mechanism in our system. A lack of effective coaching to help with implementation is the number one reason why teams fail to become learning machines. All right, so all of this leads me to our business model at Line. We build learning machines. Our machine can be thought of as a cross between a talent academy and a knowledge pipeline. Revenue teams can use our machine to sustain a high-paced revenue motion and raise their collective ability to scale company growth. We can measure the efficacy of this learning machine and tie those results to metrics that matter for our clients. We can pull almost infinite levers to improve the machine once it's working. Some other benefits that our clients have seen from using the machines we build include it provides a channel for consistent messaging, product knowledge updates, and skill refreshment. It clarifies career paths and attracts the kind of talent that seeks personal growth. It enhances engagement between companies and their people as well as among employees. It fosters flourishing relationships and promotes a positive company culture. And it contributes to a reputation as a special and unique workplace while promoting efficient revenue growth. Or in short, it turns our clients into talent magnets. The final lesson for me is don't run out of money. Running out of money makes you do stupid things. Never run out of money. Now I want to hear what your personal journey towards purpose looks like. I've shared my personal journey based on five themes. Forgiveness, forgiveness challenges, vulnerability, health, and strong relationships. I've shown how I applied these themes to our business, covering leadership, team development, business strategy, and growth. Our aim at Curious Lion is to create a community of learners and build learning machines for our clients. What's yours? Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed putting this together. It took all of three months of this past quarter of regular journaling reflecting and then a process at the end where i went through all of those three months worth of entries and synthesized them i actually used chat gpt to help with that to identify the five themes that i shared at the very beginning it was a really fun process and it's the first time i've done this um, and it's something i think i'm going to do each quarter so if you enjoyed that please let me know you can get in touch with me on linkedin uh, if you look up andrew barry and total enablement it should come up and i i'd love to hear what you thought of this episode it's an experimental one so it would really mean a lot if uh, if you let us know some feedback and if you really enjoyed this episode go check out the post we have on our website which is basically a transcript of what i've read from you it's got additional bonus content and it's got some really cool images that we sourced from mid-journey so these are ai created images beautiful beautiful pictures so go check that out and if you enjoyed that and you want to get a regular piece from me once a week and in, in which i share a letter that i write every week four or five quick hit bullet points of uh, resources that i think are useful and then a longer piece that is from my archives uh, so you won't miss any of my writing to be able to do that, go to curious dot com forward slash newsletter. To be able to check out this article, go to curious dot com forward slash critical path. And with that, have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Hello, hello! I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's Andrew again with a quick message. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do that is to leave us ratings and reviews where you listened. If you're on YouTube hit the like and subscribe buttons and feel free to leave a comment. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to give us a rating and leave a review. Once again, we love hearing from our loyal listeners. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please hit the follow button to make sure that you don't miss new episodes as they come out. See you next week for another episode of the Learning Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening.